All right. In three, two. 69. Oh. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Destroy the Brain podcast, the official podcast of DestroyTheBrain.com. I am your host, Andy Treffenbach. I'm Roger Anderson. Jeremy Jones. And today we are going to continue our tribute to essential workers during this COVID-19 crisis. I'm just going to call it a crisis. And uh, we're going to go into the medical realm with none other than Dr. Giggles. 1992s. I'll admit, the last time I saw this was when I was 12 years old. So. I'll admit, this is the third time this year I've watched it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you, that, have it on, do you have it on Blu-ray? Like that no. split Blu-ray? Okay. So no. You, I have it on VHS. Oh, Jesus. You don't even have it on DVD. Okay. No. Um... <laughs> Here I am complaining about the aspect ratio on Amazon, and you're like, "Oh, I watched it on VHS." I got my good, I got my good time tape from the old A-pop records. It's got a cigarette burn in the sleeve. It's pretty sweet. Nice. So we all watch different formats of this movie. I uh, rented it on Amazon, which is the cheapest way and the only HD version. Apparently, Um, I don't know. Maybe the other uh, services have. HD versions, but we'll get into it why Amazon might not be the best choice. And then Roger watched it uh, via the Germany Blu-ray, which he got from Diabolic. I don't think that's available anymore, though. No, it's... I kept uh, hesitating on it, and now it's like probably never going to be back in stock. Well, I think there's a basic release. Um, I don't want the basic release. Jesus. (laughs) Anyway. The DVD is pretty available, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The well, old it, Warner Brothers the... Twisted Tear collection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, bef- before we get started, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as a collective at Destroy the Brain and uh, DestroyTheBrain.com. Hopefully, because we're recording this on a Tuesday, Tuesday, May twelfth. My hope is that the new site is up and running. Oh. Which it kind of has to be if you're listening to this. So, <laughs> um, basically, we had a whole bunch of issues and there was some bad code, let's say. And it was um, causing all sorts of memory issues for our host, which if you want me to be honest, I think we need to move host still. But um, I, I fixed the problem. And uh, while fixing the problem... It was pretty much an overhaul. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's just do it. So that's why it's been down for a while. If you've been trying to go to destroythebrand.com. If not, then hey, now you know. Uh, so yeah, we'll go over uh, what we've been watching. How about that? So this is the part of the show where uh, we talk about what we've been watching. We got three movies to talk to you about, and uh, Roger, you're going to go ahead and go first. Uh, I just got the uh, Vinegar Syndrome release of Dolly Dearest from 1991. Um, Fuck yeah! This, I mean, this was a movie that I kind of, I kind of grew up with 
because it was like one of the movies like my parents bought for like dirt cheap from a rental store. So I always had it available. Nice. Many people would say this movie's not not good, but um, you know, it definitely has that nostalgia armor for Many me. Many people are wrong. Right. <laughs> it cashed in on the on the fame of child's play and um but instead of like you know, one possessed doll, it was about um this family moving to Mexico and like before they get there, like this evil spirit of this demon child is like uh released from you know, nearby by these like archaeologists and uh the spirit like inhabits the bodies of all these dolls the doll one of the dolls ends up with the new toy factory owner's daughter and then she starts you know acting all you know baddie and whatnot and uh kind of a basic story i mean it's a vinegar syndrome release you know it's early 90s so you kind of know what to expect quality wise the performances were pretty good. The animatronics are surprisingly really good, especially in high def. I didn't realize that they were actually that good, you know, going from VHS to, you know, the the Blu-ray and whatnot. But I, I would definitely, you know, recommend it if that's like your cup of tea, you know, but I had a blast with it. Well, I was just going to say I bought it a few years ago on VHS. Um, right. It's an enjoyable one more so than I think Pinocchio's Revenge, right? Yeah, I mean it's definitely one of the better one of the, one of the better catch ins. <laughs> but it was it was it was it was cool to finally see it in widescreen, you know, but I've only ever seen it full screen. Yesterday I watched Bro Party Massacre three. <laughs> dude Bro party. Dude Oh I'm sorry, Dude Bro Party Massacre three. And that was delightful. Um, I'm glad Shutter put back up their leaving soon section because they took it down for a while. At least it wasn't on my app. Um, this movie's been on my radar for a while. Uh, I think it's from 2015. Yeah, that um, sounds about right. I, I know it was like, uh, I think so. It's produced or presented by Snoot Films, which mm-hmm. that. If that sounds familiar, it's uh, one of the production companies behind your next and the oh. best. So oh, okay. Simon Barrett was talking about that movie, and I think mm-hmm. I know it even uh, showed at either Sliff or uh, maybe some something else here. Sliff showed it. It was it was a weird screening. So part of me okay. wants to say it might not have been Sliff. Yeah. It might have been like something else, but um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, um, so it is the third movie in uh, a franchise. And yeah, I mean, in a non-existent franchise, I kind (laughs) of like that they just jump into like, here's what happened in the first two movies. Um, The whole idea of how it's presented is somebody recorded it off cable at 4 a.m. And it's a lot of fun. I think it gets a little long in the tooth in the second act, but um, it kind of comes back and redeems itself. Yeah, uh, Niles and I watched this not that long ago. Um, It feels like it's actually been forever ago. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. And honestly, like, um, so it's kind of delivered... I think this would be an interesting like double feature with like WNUF Halloween special mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's kind of the same concept where it's supposed to just be this 
taped film that yeah taped off a tv or whatever but yeah uh i I was thinking it could work with slumber party massacre three is two as well yeah uh so just uh i I do want to make a correction here so the thing that it did play in st louis at, at 2015 second annual sham film festival at Webster. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know what the time was, uh, but yeah, cool. Okay. Nice. It celebrates mockery, spoofs, satire, and parody. I don't know if they still do this though, but I do also like that. It's presented by Dick to Dick LLC. (laughs) 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 I found an old article on it. But yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's a little gem in the rough, and um, I don't know when Shutter's getting rid of it, but I also know it's it was on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it was. Um, so I, hopefully, it stays on Amazon Prime if it leaves Shutter. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I also thought it was pretty good. Did you have any other thoughts on it? it I mean, it was one of my favorite recent kills. I saw the. Uh, keg oh yeah Step in the keg yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh it was a lot of fun cool um so uh back in wow almost a month ago because it's been almost a month ago uh since we had our last episode i did a double feature so i'll talk about one of them well i'll talk about both of them but the first one we watched was body melt and watch this uh, through the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray. And honestly, it was, it was relatively decent. I kind of dug it. Uh, it's not... I know it gets lumped in with other Melt movies. And I don't think it's as entertaining as some of those. Like Street Trash or, um, you know, uh, anything you can kind of think of. Um, which apparently I'm blinking on, but uh, eh, yeah, it's all right. What's really funny, and I'm definitely going to rip the image, is one of the characters. So this all takes place in um, New Zealand, and one of the characters is wearing a St. Louis Cardinals hat. I thought that really, was cool. yeah, shit, you not. And I, <laughs> I like made a note. I wrote down the timestamp. I'm like, grab that. <laughs> nice. I watched this a few months ago uh, via Blu-ray, and I don't know if it was just late or if I wasn't like, it was pretty tired. So I, it was not as outright like crazy as I was yeah. expecting it to be. Right, right. I think that's the biggest problem with it is that when you think of a melt movie, you're thinking that it's just going to be very chaotic just over the top gore now what i will say is the energy for the like first i would say 20 minutes is pretty pretty high um yeah it does remind you maybe of some early peter jackson just because of a the locale and the b the accents but i honestly think that there's a lot of kinetic energy in in the first 20 minutes unfortunately it just doesn't really like stick with you. Uh, it doesn't keep that momentum. It kind of dies down and there seems to be a lot of lulls in the movie, not like laugh out loud, but lull. 
Peaks and valleys. I heard somebody actually say lol, so I feel like I had to correct that. But anyway, um, yeah, it, it's it's relatively okay. Um, I think I don't know. I believe it's on Prime. Yeah, it's on Prime. Yeah, it's on Prime. So you can watch that at your leisure if uh, if you're interested in just adding Leisurely. melt movie to your repertoire. Um, but honestly, I don't I I don't know if it's necessary. But it is nice. Uh, the Blu-ray looks amazing. Absolutely. Uh, I know it was previously released by. I always get mixed up if it's Code Red or Scorpion because back in those days they kind of like blended together. But it had the Katrina's like home nightmare That's, theater thing. I think that was Scorpion. Yeah, I think it. I think it was too. Um, but um, yeah, and the Blu-rays. The Blu-ray looks pretty good. Uh, pretty pretty good. Pretty good. So that's Body Melt, and that's from 1993. Raj, Um, I know a few episodes back, uh, Bliss was talked about, and I checked that out on Shutter, and that was yeah. pretty awesome. I was like highly impressed by that movie. Mm-hmm. So that led me to check out VFW from you know also the same year, 2019, oh. same director and whatnot. And uh, I'd have to say, like, the color palette's the same, but it is not the same quality of movie. I'd say Bliss is probably, you know, the better film. Uh, Entertainment-wise, I think VFW probably edges it out. Uh, A lot of people say it's like uh, Assault on Precinct 13 meets Escape from New York. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Meets Robocop 2. Yeah, I was I was thinking to myself like maybe it's like Assault on Precinct Thirteen meets like Death Wish Three because you have like this like hyper violence you know committed by you know grizzled bastards. (laughs) But I mean, it's got like a cast of like you know some pretty heavy hitters like Stephen Lang, William Sadler, Fred Williamson playing the character that he believes Fred Williamson to be. Um, the 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 setup's pretty simple. Is it like Carl Cove in there as well? Yeah. Wait, uh, is yeah. It Carl yeah. Cove? Or is it? Yeah. Jesse Cove? Um, Karate Kid. Martin Cove. And Steel yes. Justice. Yeah, yes. Martin Cove. Yes. Martin Cove. Yeah, okay. Martin Cove. But yeah, the setup is pretty simple. Like, um, you got a theater across the street from a VFW hall that's like overran by like this drug dealer and all his like clientele, quote unquote. And, uh, this uh, girl sees her, you know, sister get murdered, you know, by the drug dealer. So her act of revenge is like, I'm gonna steal all the drugs and run across the street and hide in the VFW hall. And uh, they go after her and they attack her in, in the in the in the bar and whatnot. And uh, St- Stephen Lang's not having any of it. So shotgun comes out, fucking uh, head blows up, brain matter on the wall, everything. A lot of exploding heads in this movie. But, uh, yeah, they just kind of uh, hunker down in the VFW hall and defended against a bunch of, like, uh, I guess, drug-fueled zombie-less zombies, I guess, or undeadless zombies, they I guess is the basic setup. whacked out on nuke? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, well- was there a drug name on this one or no? I didn't catch it, honestly, if there was. Okay. But uh, you know what yeah, I, I mean, if you, 
that brain scan poster. Word. <laughs> I thought of you when I saw that. Even though it was the video poster and not the theatrical, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. But yeah, like I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself watching this movie. Like there's not a whole lot of substance. It's just, you know, blood and guts and just violence. So uh, you know, if you want the substance, go with Bliss. If you want just like the Ode to Canon films, go with VFW. Yeah. I mean, it's also kind of cool just watching all those veterans. Oh, yeah. Like act in the scene. Even David Patrick Kelly, who is, you know, he's not in it too long. Right. But um, he's he's good. Uh, Everybody's great in it. And like, it's always good to see Fred Williamson uh, do his thing. And right. apparently like he did his own stunts and stuff. So <laughs> right. um, I think Shockwave did a episode with Joe Bigos talking about bliss and BFW a while back. And uh, I, I would highly recommend that because what I like about Joe Bigos is that he is very honest, like maybe quote unquote brutally honest like says a fuck a lot and it doesn't he really tries to talk to everybody on a level like yeah this is what we did and he doesn't sugarcoat it or like he's just really honest I, I kind of dig that quality about him um, I wasn't the hugest fan of Almost Human which was his first film I thought Mind's Eye was just a Cronenberg rip off I liked Mind's I Eye still, though I still like Mind's Eye I own Mind's Eye on Blu-ray um, yeah, and I'm doing a lot of shit. On no, I know. I, uh, Hamilton book had it for like six dollars or something. It's also if you haven't yeah. seen it, it's on Shutter. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but but what I did like is that Bliss and VFW feel like their own movies. He's not necessarily yeah. an homage. So I would yeah. say all his movies are feel are unique from one another. Like there's yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm a style there but it's you know you can tell yeah it's not sure. overly stylized so that didn't make sense. i i did like bliss a little more than vfw though i will say right that. i have to check out VFW. also bliss is um it makes me wonder man like i hate to sound pretentious or anything but Uh-oh. bliss is Shot on 16 and VFW is not. It's definitely digital. And right. Bliss, the texture of Bliss, granted the story, uh, the texture of the 16 millimeter lends to the story very well as well. But I don't know. I just buy Bliss as a movie versus VFW. It's like, oh, mm. I see through the magic, I guess. I don't know how to really word it, but um, I don't know. It just, I think I like Bliss more as a story anyway, even though it's also a little derivative of like Abel Ferrara stuff like the addiction. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, actually bliss would make a pretty decent double feature with uh, devil's candy. I think. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Yeah, A lot of people say that with like the soundtrack and everything and the, well, the, and uh, the painting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he's definitely a director that's cool. like on my, my, uh, I guess my watch list. Oh, I guess. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. You he's, just he's made definitely you know, on my radar. <laughs> but uh, it was also nice to see George Wendt sure. occupying a uh, 
a bar stool again. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a fun oh, movie. George went. So. Yeah, and Stephen Lane's great in it. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird that that dude he can like really crank out a performance that I really dig, and mm-hmm. you know, just looking at the past few movies. I mean, he he's been in the business for forever, right? But. Yeah. I think a lot of people got attention from him on um, Avatar, right? Because he yeah. was the bad in that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, fuck, he was in Manhunter and a whole bunch of other shit. But uh, yeah, he's he's done some like questionable movies where it's just like, eh, who cares? Really throwaway roles. But then you think of Don't Breathe and you think of Avatar, even though I don't think Avatar is great. Um, I'm maybe in the minority i don't know um it's just computer vomit aren't they doing a (laughs) (laughs) are they doing a sequel to don't breathe i don't know i heard heard news of that well something of it fede fede alvarez went to twitter and said what do you want a sequel of evil dead or don't breathe so, oh, maybe that was it. Well, I don't know if that means anything. Like he's they're looking like, for a uh, title. Still breathing. <laughs> Still breathing. Mm-hmm. Apostrophe on the end. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. All right, uh, Jeremy. Well, somebody said magical earlier, and speaking of, I rewatched Tammy and the T Rex. Oh Last weekend, yeah. I really thought we were just getting that for Joe Bob, but I was kind of happy we didn't. Why? <laughs> well, I was just happy because we got something different. So. Okay. Um, you know, it's... Because uh, I still need to see it, and I didn't... I kinda Oh, didn't you wanna, haven't seen it. Right. I kind of didn't want to watch it with Joe Bob, if that makes sense. No, that's not... It, it is definitely a group watch, and I was something I was hoping to do for my birthday, which obviously <laughs> isn't going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. All of our that's quite all right. Canceled. Um, but what I also did is for this rewatch, um, I went, I was out doing a delivery by the De Pere theater mm. and they were selling popcorn that you could pre-order um, from concessions. And I got a bag there. Fuck yeah. So I did my own little late night grain house at eight o'clock with Tammy the T-Rex. Nice. And I mean, it is. It, <laughs> how do you describe this movie? Um, a after school special, a teen comedy meets John Carr Beekler. Like, yeah. Um, it does have. Isaac from Children of the Corn in it. Um, he oh plays God. like the little minion that gets his head bitten off. Um, yeah, it's it was fun. Like I love watching movies with Jess that she has no idea what's really going to happen because um, her reactions are priceless. But um, I went to the world premiere at Cinepocalypse, so it's like. Nothing's ever going to top that screaming in terms of just the audience being like 
insane. Okay. Um, but it's it's still fun, but it is definitely like group setting if you can. Like what just watching it on your own, it's I, I don't feel like it lands the same way. And it is so weird, it is so bizarre that like you have to have somebody else witness it with you. But yeah, instant classic. Six out of sixteen out of ten. I don't know. <laughs> sixteen out of ten. <laughs> Cool. Um, so the second part of that double feature, <laughs> I watched the the one and the only things. Oh. This, 1989, directed by Barry Gillis. Um, recently, Intervention put it out on DVD. Um, I think they also like reissued the VHS too, or Mondo did. <laughs> I kind of forget, but um, did it go out of print from Intervision? Because oh, oh, the DVD. Yeah, I, I don't know because I don't think it's gone out of print. No, 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 no. But the Mondo okay. VHS or whatever. Yeah, the Mondo was. Yeah, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's still available through uh, Intervision. I'm sure it is. Offshoot yeah. of uh, Severin, if you're not familiar. But uh, I also own a shirt of this, and I felt like uh, I think I bought the shirt to like push it over the edge for free shipping. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was Worth like, it. Well, I need to watch this movie, which is the movie is less than the shirt. <laughs> and uh, oh boy, I was pretty inebriated, and uh, that definitely helped. But it also kind of hurt it because I don't know what the fuck happened in this movie. I can't. No, that's that's right. That's, can't even really summarize it, other than yeah. like, I mean, and apparently that wasn't just because I was fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> no. Movie. So that's uh, why it works. Yeah. Uh, Amber Lynn must have made friends with Barry J. Gillis uh, because she's inserted throughout the movie as like a reporter, and it is very jarring. Uh, that's not the only thing that's jarring. This movie is just, um, it's pretty bad, but it is a lot of fun. And again, I would highly recommend mend about, you know, a 12 pack of beer before you watch this movie. Um, All about a 12 pack of beers there, eh? 12 pack of beers. Uh, it is Canadian. Uh, it is a, uh, what does Severn say? The... Today, it remains perhaps the most bizarre, depraved, and mind-boggling chunk of exploitation ever unleashed upon humanity, which is probably about right. Uh, yeah. But it's basically like, you know, if you plucked two Canadians out of the heavy metal parking lot video and they had a dream to make a movie, uh, this this would be it. And what's what's really weird about it is that I was watching some of the extras and uh, they have uh, Gillis basically pawning this movie on to Toby Hooper at uh, the Canadian, uh, this Canadian convention called the Fan Expo, which is where Rumored Festival of Fear was. Mm-hmm. And I went to that one that Toby Hooper was at. So it's, it's just kind of funny watching this is like, oh, yeah, behind the curtain, poor Toby Hooper was getting... <laughs> sold on this fucking <laughs> like VHS sh- Super 8 shot on Super 8 
movie that makes no goddamn sense. But also, Jason Eisner and um, Rob Cotterill, uh, the guys behind Hobo the Shotgun, are on there. Um, there's there's a whole bunch of people on there kind of talking about it. There's a 20th anniversary cast and crew reunion. Um, yeah, it's it's all right. Um, <clears throat> like I said, if you watch it highly inebriated, you'll be good. I was a little bummed that like the cover didn't necessarily the like, cover the movie... with the drill like that's... yeah the, the oh, movie man. does not live up to the cover I'm like all right I'm yes, it just... <laughs> yes it does yes it does bullshit okay sure fine um, Gillis has moved on to still keep producing films if you're not familiar uh, he recently produced and I think directed um, Tales from the Dead Zone with Bret Hart and Corey Feldman. <laughs> the Feldster. So he's still working. Or the Feld, bless Feld Dog. Yeah. Apparently there's uh, the 1991 film Wicked World, which I think was also shot. I don't think it was shot on uh, Super 8, but I think it was shot on uh, video. That's apparently getting a release through Agfa and Bleeding oh. Skull their partnership so uh i may pick that up i just i kind of feel like it might be necessary <laughs> but yeah uh you can get this thing for like 12 bucks on suburban films.com and uh if you're looking for just like a, a nonsensical uh inebriated film to watch there you go so yeah things from 1989 thanks thanks roger um, I decided to actually stream a movie <laughs> so, on Shutter. Uh, I watched, Ooh, la, I watched la. the Room. Watch the Room, not the Tommy Wiseau one, but uh, okay. this one's from two thousand. Yeah, Academy Award winning one. No, yeah, that was just Room, no. right? Yeah, this is the Room <laughs> from two thousand nineteen. It's about a married couple that like buys this. Uh, pretty big fixer upper like in the middle of nowhere and uh one night they discover like this hidden room and they soon find out that the room grants wishes like any physical object that you want the room will actually provide it for you so they're living it up living you know just all this decadent stuff like we all want this van gogh painting i want the mona lisa i want this i want a million dollars and you know I want all this like fancy clothes and jewelry and yada, yada, yada. Then, you know, eventually it turns into like this monkey paw scenario when one of them decides I want a child. <laughs> and then after Ooh. that, there's all sorts. <laughs> yeah. After that, there's all sorts of um, really messed up twists and turns with like the, uh, the implications of bringing this, you know, figment child into the world and whatnot. And it's um, it's further complicated when they find out that anything per, you know made in the room leaves the house, it degenerates and like eventually just turns into dust and whatnot. So they're just like trying to isolate this kid, <laughs> and it, it 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 gets crazy real fast too. So the ending is like sweet. Yeah, the ending has like a nice twist that'll make you kind of like really sit on it and ponder and whatnot, but. I don't want to give away too much because it's it's weird. It's a real bizarre movie. So 
I enjoyed it. It kind of, nice. It kind of sounds like it would go well with um, the Dream Door, the fourth season of Channel Zero. Yeah. Y'all haven't seen it. <laughs> Fucking watch it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> watch it. I've been rewatching Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated on the Netflix. That's funny. And uh, why is that funny? I just got the Scooby-Doo Where Are You complete series. Not that long ago. Oh. Well, this is from, I think, 2012. Was two seasons. And this show's about... Um, in some ways more about the town, like Crystal Cove, which is the most haunted like tourist trap in the America or the world. And <clears throat> the Mystery Inc. gang is trying to figure out what happened to the original Mystery Inc. gang that disappeared back in the 70s. And it's, I mean, it's great. It's a show that takes the mythology of the sh- series and, I mean, weaves in, you know, Jeffrey Combs as HP Hatecraft. Um, Harlan <laughs> Ellison stars as himself. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Um they get um, Vincent Van Gogh in there. So it's uh, Maurice LaMarche as the voice of Vincent Van Gogh. Ah. Yeah. Um, that episode's really fun. That, that's where my Instagram handle comes from. Oh. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. But it's the Vincent Price one from 13 years. Yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, Vincent Price. Yeah. And there's an episode called Night Fright where Shaggy and Scooby win dinner at his house cooked by him. And he rigs it to have several of his iconic um, characters, like, scare them. So there's, you know, the fly, but it's like a wasp or bee or something, half man, half bee. Then there's, like, an abominable (laughs) Dr. Fives character. Uh, I forgot who the third one was, but that episode's a lot of fun. And they have, um, I mean, there's just like, you know, it's one of those that it's made by people who love the source material and just enrich it with kind of, it's maybe not the most kid-friendly of shows to start with, but it's a a really good show. Got a really good voice cast as well. I'm not going to lie. I love it already. Um, so there's the original Mystery Inc. that is like four four characters and then their pet. And their pet is a parrot called Mr. Pericles, who when you first meet him is in the animal like uh, animal lockup, like basically like Hannibal. Do you know who voices Pericles? Udo Kier. Oh no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh uh, my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's so like, oh, mystery ink. Oh, yeah, it's so good, guys. Like, Where is this available? Netflix. Netflix. Oh, yeah, I'm Mystery Incorporated. I'm totally. I'm on firing that up afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm almost done with the first season. Uh, so the other film that I watched, uh, I watched part of. Well, no, I watched all of it, but I watched as part of its online premiere and it's a 
film called Abracadabra, and it's uh, A-B-R-A-K-A-D-A-B-R-A. Um, this is directed by these, um, these, I think, I mean, I'm positive they're brothers, uh, the Onetti brothers, but the main director, um, which I think his name is, uh, it's either Nicholas or Luciano. I think it's Luciano. Um, he directed, so they're making like these Neo Giallo films and yeah. Fran- Francesca is one of them. Unearthed Films put it out on Blu-ray. And uh, even though it's like filmed, um, I, I'm pretty sure it's filmed on a DSLR or something. It's not trying to emulate the film look, which is partially refreshing because I'll, I'll see that constantly where it's, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I shot it on a DSLR and you can tell because the depth of field's not great, but I'm going to add these film element filters. Yeah, and, the filters of it. Like, um, I yeah, do not like that. They don't necessarily do that. It, I, I'm trying to remember back on Francesca, maybe they do a little bit, but it's not overtly like obvious, right? Yeah. So this uh, new movie is Percadabra. Uh, it came out, technically it came out in 2018, um, played some festivals, but uh, I believe it's got a physical release now. I know you can pick it up on Diabolic DVD. I forget the company name that's putting it out, but they just signed into an agreement with this company. And um, essentially, it's about a magician who accidentally dies um, during a magic trish, trick or illusion. More like Oprah Cadabra. Yeah. <laughs> Oprah. Uh, 35 years later, his son Lorenzo, who is also a magician, presents a show um, that's basically trying to honor his father and uh, carry on the trick, essentially. But there's a series of murders that become, uh, that start happening and basically they're trying to, these murders keep pointing to Lorenzo. So hmm. it, it, it is definitely, you know, in line with many popular giallos, the, 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 the magicians trying, Lorenzo the magician trying to figure out what, what's going on. Um, there's some supernatural element to it a little bit, but I will say that um, I don't know if it was particularly because it was an online premiere through YouTube. So I missed like maybe the first minute or so because I was try- just trying to get the technical stuff ready yeah. to my, to my tr- TV. Um, it, it looks amazing. I think it's honestly like their best looking film. I don't know what they shot it on, but I am interested and in maybe I should look it up. But uh, technically, it looks great. Story-wise, not so great. And what's odd about it is I believe I don't think they're wholly Italian. I believe they're Spanish or it's a Spanish production or something. Um, even though like their, their names kind of allude to an Italian heritage, uh, it, it definitely isn't. Um, but for the most part, I, or it's Argentinian, sorry. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Argentinian film. Uh, they're Argentinian filmmakers. And anyway, like, they, they nail down the aesthetic to a T, no doubt about it. But uh, the story's just not super strong. 
uh, I kind of had the same problem with Francesca as well, but uh, I did. I think I did like Francesca a little bit more. What I will say though is that I think I need to give this another shot because uh, I will say I got a little distracted with with this just because like I believe there was some buffering um, and it was yeah. just, you know I mean not not to sound like a jerk or anything but <laughs> I'm an old man. It's I like to pause my movies and i couldn't pause it because i like the pause yeah so um so it kept playing so i think i missed a couple of minutes just going to the bathroom and getting a dump yeah take no that'd be like 15 minutes bro relaxation (laughs) period but that's uh, my personal time yeah abracadabra i i think for giallo completus you might want to check this out um, I think they nail it to a T more so than some other giallo homages. Um, but yeah, I think I think it, it's definitely worth a rewatch in my opinion, um, just because I want to see if I was just wrong and maybe not in the right mood. Because I just found, I literally found out about it, I think like 10 minutes before the premiere. Oh, so wow. I was, okay. I was like, oh, shit. Let me watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i wasn't in the mood to watch a movie per se but i i felt like i wanted to watch it because i i didn't yeah yeah i didn't want to blind buy it on blu-ray right so who are you Uh, (laughs) look this whole this whole pandemic is making me draw back the monies because i want to make sure i have a job yeah Yeah, no i know i'm I was kind of surprised that I did the Twilight Time sale that we were talking about before recording. I'm thinking about that uh, Halfway to Black Friday sale. Oh, God, yeah. I know. I'm going to try my best to take it easy. (laughs) Yeah, you said that last time, though. I did, and I (laughs) fucked myself royally, so... (laughs) (laughs) Buy all the things. Well, I'm going to... I'm giving myself a challenge if I can watch all of the Vinegar Syndrome titles I have that I haven't watched before the sale, then I'm clear to engage. (laughs) Cool. All right. So those were our movies that we watched. Hey, how about that? Hey. Uh, Let's get into our main feature. Uh, (laughs) Dr. Giggles. Roger, (laughs) can you give us a giggle? Dr. Giggles, whose fucking idea was this? 1992. Probably mine. <laughs> yeah. So I alluded to... Wasn't that a, I think it was a collective, actually. Yeah, like you... you. This was your idea. Well, I was, trying to, I was trying to come up with like a doctor or a nurse. The medical field. I well, I said I nurse 3D, nurse. but some people didn't want to do that movie. Which is funny because that's streaming. And the biggest problem that everybody had was this was streaming for free. <laughs> I unfortunately paid $5 for it. Well, not unfortunately. Unfortunately, that is a deal. Uh, it was 4 bucks to rent, $5 to own, so I bought it. The, the unfortunate Hell thing yeah. is I bought it on Amazon 
And I, I started watching it. The transfer looked good, like pretty crystal clear. It's not like an up convert, right? It's an HD yeah. transfer. It was a little fucked up. Uh, not seeing the Universal logo, I will say that. But yeah. it was originally released by Universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They distributed it. Was, it. it was actually their their heyday of Universal, where um, you know this was ninety two, and this was back when Universal embraced horror because yes. I think uh, I think like the CEO at the time was a huge horror fan, and that's the reason why you got like Army of Darkness and. Um, yeah, they, they even hosted like Horror Hall of Fame. But uh, yeah, this is directed by Manny Cotto, who would move on to uh, work on like 24 and Dexter is the big one. And he did Enterprise. Um, but, you know, he also popped up in Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, uh, I forget what episode season, he did. I watched it this morning. It's uh, season three, episode 10, Morning Mess with That's Steve right. Weber. That's right. With the ghouls. That's all right. That's a good one. It's an all right episode. It's um, the reveal at the end is really fun and like they're super gross. Yeah. Like the makeup job on them. Yeah. yeah. Um, He also did wrote the first episode of Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Oh. Which also watched and you know, it's, it's fine. Well, I know he was like one of the driving forces behind um, 24, which is funny because yes. like if I'm to play the the beautiful mind connective tissue thing, uh, Manny Cotto directed Dr. Giggles, which was also produced by Largo Entertainment mm-hmm. and also Dark Horse Production, which we'll yes. get to in a minute. But the Largo Entertainment um, production company, they also did Judgment Night, which was directed by Stephen Hopkins, who... Oh went on the move oh, yeah. to 24. So, Whoa, okay. So I okay. guess they stayed buddies or something. I don't, I yeah. don't know if that worked out. It could be all coincidence, but um, yeah, he mainly is made a staple in TV. Well, um, yeah, I think he went from Enterprise then jumped over to Dexter. I mean, let's let's face it, five years after <laughs> Dr. Giggles, he did write and direct. Starkid. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh God, that cover always creeped me out when I was younger. <laughs> I was just like, that kid looks so fake. And I know it's I know it's that kid too. It's um oh god, what's his name? The kid from fucking Jurassic Park. Anyway. Oh I, right, is it? Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh Joseph Mazzello? I no idea. Okay, anyway. Um this movie was also co-written by Graham Whiffler. And I'm like, why does that name sound familiar? Uh, he wrote Sonny Boy in the late 80s. Oh, yeah. But he also, uh, I believe he directed and wrote one of the worst movies I, I believe I've ever ooh, seen. Ooh, ooh. What? It's called, well, it was originally called Neighborhood Watch, but it's uh-huh. called Deadly End. Back from 2005, this movie is... Awful. Wait, <laughs> ben is awful. this with Vince Vaughn? No, 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 no. no. Ben, okay. No, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the other, I think that's the reason why they had Ben Stiller. Uh, because that was just called The Watch. Right? Okay. But uh, I think that's the reason why they changed the, the title. Um, uh, I think Deadly End was put out, like released by Full Moon possibly. 
Um, but I remember I covered it on an old episode of Destroy the Brain back when it was just myself. <laughs> oh man, you you just that and laid to rest. You did all the gems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this <laughs> this movie was awful, awful. Yeah. I just remember it being horrible, um, very disgusting. I also do, remember, but um, not. I mean, yeah, nothing to write home about, but. Anyway, Dr. Giggles is uh, a relatively pedestrian, punny. Very punny. Villain. Delightful. Yeah. It's, it's charming. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last time I like the last time I saw this was on VHS in 93 when it came out on VHS because I wasn't obviously I wasn't old enough to go see it in the theater, but I was old enough for, <laughs> you know, 12 year old Andy was able to rent this. No problem. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this movie's, you know, it, the the opening always reminds me of House on Haunted Hill, though. Every time, I could see that. Yeah, which you know, technically, I guess somebody could argue House on Haunted Hill ripped off Doctor Giggles, but <laughs> <laughs> um, is that like how House of Wax was really a remake of like Tourist Trap? Right, right. But let's be honest. Also, if anything, House on Haunted Hill ripped off the effects of Jacob's ladder. So <laughs> yeah, with the uh face. Anyway, we're mm-hmm. we're going off topic. Uh Dougie Doug's in this. Yes. If that means anything. <laughs> it means a lot. <laughs> um Cliff D. Young with a new girlfriend slash wife. I don't know. Like his wife passed away or left. I f- I forget the how this all went down. Do you remember? You would think for as many times as I've seen this, I I would remember. I don't. Yeah, I I can't remember. I think she just left, and they got divorced, and then she got hooked up with, or he got hooked up with this nubile uh, young lady who like is riffing. She she does not yeah. get along well <laughs> with the teenage daughter. They're probably like yeah. only a few years <laughs> different, but she likes the Clifty Yundi. So <laughs> I always like. Scenes in movies where like people are just getting fucked really hard, like, and it's just they leave the door open, like, you're the best. Yeah, but you don't see any of it. <laughs> no, it's in the uncut version. I'll which have to watch Roger could confirm. <laughs> I believe I did. Yeah, I don't know, Roger. Uh, did you yeah, watch I mean, the uncut version? The Blu-rays, I think, it's uncut. I think the DVD is yeah the um, standard. The Amazon version is, I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it, but it is the wrong aspect ratio. It's presented in a 185 format. And this is shot in scope. Um, now, I just based off of the cropped image that I saw, I didn't, I didn't really see this as a scope movie, to be honest with you. So I don't know if it utilizes that format very well. Um, I don't know if Roger, if you can. I don't know if that's for you to decide. <laughs> yeah, because Jeremy watched this on his VHS copy, so it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. I saw everything with no clarity. <laughs> my t- honestly, my tape's in pretty good condition. Like, okay, you know, you got to do what you can. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was on the Stars app forever, and I went and checked yesterday, and I was like, oh shit. Uh, you were ready to fight me, though. Cause I was, I was yeah. like, nope, it's not on nope. there anymore. I was like, I was about to, was looking for receipts, and all I had was returns. 
But yeah, um, what this kind of riffs off of is uh, sort of an urban legend, but not necessarily. It, it's steeped in truth uh, where a doctor was trying to fix his uh, wife's condition, which it was a heart condition. And I think he was um, he was training his son to be a doctor and things went wrong. <laughs> Terribly wrong. Um, the wife dies. And I think... I think the backstory that the cop says is that the, the father tried to find a heart and like killed people. Am, am I getting the story right? Okay. What? Oh, what was the dad doing? Yeah. What was the, the father, the, the actual doctor doing? So Rendell, because I was his dad, yeah. Dr. Yeah, yeah. Rendell. I think he was just killing people trying to help his yeah. wife. Right. And trying to get a heart to. Yeah. Cause help. he made that machine. Right. Well, that didn't work. And young Evan, I guess, thought he was a doctor, <laughs> doctor by proxy, didn't even bother going to medical school. Yeah, it's a, it's a legacy thing. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> yeah. But um, it is funny when that cop retells the story, the origin of Dr. Giggles. That origin is so fucking gross. Yeah. It, it's gross. <laughs> it and is it's, so it's gross. It's pretty awful. It's like loosely put together. It's basically like, how do we make this gory? And uh, young Evan <laughs> pops out of his mom, his rotting mother. Like it's oh, so gross. Yep, it's uh, it's so pretty, gross. It's pretty With a nasty. scalpel. Yeah, which which is probably um, the only goriest yeah. part of this movie. At least with the cut that I saw. Yeah, I mean, it's you know the U.S. is an R-rated cut. This German Blu-ray has an uncut version because the um, film was cut down to R. Yeah. So, um, Roger, how much gore was in this movie on your side? Uh, there's some pretty gnarly stuff in there. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I like I don't remember watching like the DVD because it's been a, quite a while, but I mean, there was quite enough gore to. Well, I think you can kind of tell, to, you know, pl- please people. Yeah, I think you can kind of <laughs> tell watching the rated R cut that some gore was cut out. Like I know, right. Whenever he escapes and he cuts that dude's throat, I'm assuming the throat cut is shown. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely isn't in the R-rated cut. And then you know, there's you can tell that this is a movie that definitely got tamed down by the MPAA, which is kind of a bummer because you can tell also that the filmmakers are going for gory. Yeah, and. Uh, it is heavily neutered and I think loses some of its driving force. Uh, Larry Drake is, you know, he's all right in it. What? He's no, he's, he's no Robert G. Durant. Right in it? Oh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Are you saying his punt? I don't think he yeah. could have this character played by no, anybody there's no else fucking way. at the time. And to say <laughs> he's all true. right in it? Are you all right fucking crazy? Oh You're going to be locked up in there with fun. Evan. He's having fun with it. Where the fuck I is mean, my pitchfork? Again, I that, appreciate that it. giggle he does like is so fucking good. Are you telling me back-to-back Emmy Award winning Larry Drake right. is all right in this? He's fucking <laughs> all in on this movie. 
<laughs> he should have got the egot for this. Oh, yeah. Like, I think uh, my favorite <laughs> pun, or at least joke, is when, first of all, that scene with the guy trying to have sex with his girlfriend, and he stole lingerie from his mom. Yeah. What? The, uh, what? That was what weird. The, that is so <laughs> gross. He's like, my, my mom's not going to be happy, but my dad's definitely like, going to be happy. Hey, put this yeah, on. Yeah, don't let like their pain go to waste. <laughs> put on this thing my mom was going to get fucked in. Like, ugh. and then, I mean, I know we're jumping ahead, but <laughs> that scene, that that scene in particular, like, hey, I, you know, if I have to wear this, you have to wear this, and she presents a condom. <laughs> he goes into the bathroom to put it on. I, yeah. Is that procedure? I mean, I, I've never done that. It's like that's like teenage procedure, I guess. Like, oh, don't yeah. don't look at me, put this on. And then it's like yeah. he whips it into the toilet. <laughs> then when he uses his toothbrush to fish it out with with, with the, the bristles, bristles down. There's a whole other end of that you could be using, guy. But then there's like, is there holes in the bottom of it? Because yeah, there's water that, that was the part that it. I didn't understand. Yeah. I guess it just burst. It was right? it, it like, was like nothing like a water filled. I don't, I don't know. But that's that. That's that abstinence. Well, education. But then when he goes into the bed and he's like, well, and then the girlfriend goes out and turns up the heat. Which weird that it's on the second floor, and it's like you have the audacity to. Because it looked like she cranked that shit up from 65 to like 80. She would have just yeah. cruising with that. <laughs> when she said 65, are these people Eskimos? I'm like, bitch, that's where I keep Dude, fucking thermostat. We keep ours at 65 and <laughs> our bedroom's upstairs. It's hot as shit in this house. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Anyways, when he go, when the guy when the guy comes to bed, like, oh, maybe she won't notice. Let's, okay, guy. Um, well, in his defense, he also doesn't notice uh, a body difference. Yeah, between uh, <laughs> skinny between Doctor Giggles <laughs> and his girlfriend. <laughs> He's like, I hope. Hey man, when you're all hard down, he says, I hope you brought protection. He wasn't thinking with his head. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, this is um, you know. I will say, like, the movie's okay, but it definitely brought better memories back in the day where, you know, uh, Universal did have, like, a little resurgence of horror in the night. Well, yeah, all the and Child's Play sequels. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. I'm like, oh, I remember this time, but uh, I I personally don't feel like this movie's that memorable. <laughs> but I I could, like I said, I'm probably in the minority for God's sake, there is a German lenticular media book out there that you could buy. So I'm definitely in the minority. Yeah, you are. But well, the Germans will release anything, apparently. So yeah, well, that's also true. Um, I know. I, I think this. Okay, so it was a nominee for um, best makeup effects, which Can B did uh, for the Fangoria Chainsaw. There you go. If you uh, it doesn't say anything about the uh, um, Horror Hall of Fame, which is weird because I remember it being in one of those. I just can't remember which one. But yeah, um, I think hmm, I don't want to be a downer. You guys enjoyed it. Why don't you talk about it? 
Don't put me on the spot like that. (laughs) So, uh, Dr. Giggles was nominated in Horror Hall of Fame 3, which was the last Horror Hall of Fame. So, just what? Or no, it wasn't even nominated. It was a sneak peek. That's what it was. Because I think it aired in early October 1992. And this was coming out, I think, a week before Halloween or something. I know I've got um, some like early 90s comics with that on the back. Yeah. Ads for Dr. Giggles. Yeah, so that, that's the other thing is, um, you know, we talked about the Largo Entertainment connection and GV, JVC Entertainment for whatever reason. Um, I forgot that they had a production company for a hot minute, but Largo Entertainment signed an exclusive first look deal with Dark Horse Comics to uh, develop and produce films based on the company's uh, comic and franchisees or whatever. So So was uh, this a comic or was it turned into a comic? No, it was turned into a comic. That's what I thought because it's just like two issues. But it also has the intention when they made the movie that they were going to explain more of the backstory, I think, and try to flesh out the character through a comic. Man, you think uh, Dark Horse still has like the rights to that as a comic? Because I got a pitch. Ready to go. (laughs) There you go, bud. Uh, (laughs) I was was like, uh, after I finished the movie, so I guess I didn't think it was that terrible. I was looking, I'm like, you know, it's only like uh, eight bucks on eBay. I could probably buy both of the issues. There's only two issues. There you go. <laughs> but I think, um, so where it gets a little confusing when I was looking, <laughs> did you just do the last? No, maybe. <laughs> um, um, so, okay, I want to stand corrected here. So I'm looking this over and. There was a Dark Horse Presents, and it's Dark Horse Presents number 64, which has the first appearance of Dr. Giggles. Okay. And this was published on July 1st, 1992. Okay. And, and the movie didn't come out until October 1992. So I guess technically... Yeah, but they, that movie had already been time. shot and it was in post-production, so... Probably. Yeah, probably. No, they did not shoot this in like two weeks and rush No, I know, out. I know. I'm I'm just saying <laughs> that this was the um as, the synergy as, behind as, Dark yeah, Horse Presents as much as and Universal. I enjoy that movie. I doubt they were like, ooh, we believe in this character so much, we're gonna launch the comic and movie simultaneously. But Right, right. No, of course not. <laughs> this but comic they, book's they at least, so hot. We know it's going to be so good that here comes the movie. They at least introduced the character prior to the film to try to drum up some excitement. But so are the two issues actually like the movie? So here's the thing. So looking looking at some of the information online, which is always trustworthy. Always. um, Actually, about this nerdy stuff, I'm sure it is. So it was just called DHP, Dark Horse Presents. There was 64, which is where he makes his first appearance, but then there's 65, which is where he makes another appearance. And uh, looking at the cover, it seems to be a little more... I mean, there's, there's a few... It has Dr. Giggles, it has Interacto Rama, 
and an accidental death, which the last name on that is Brubaker. Ed Brubaker? That's what, that's what I'm kind of wondering. But it seems like those were the only two issues, and they, they seem like anthology issues. He's a, he, yeah, he's, um, he did like, I know he worked on some Sandman stuff. and He did like, uh, I think he did Winter Soldier. Um, he's did a couple good runs on Daredevil. Yeah, he's worked on DC and uh, Marvel. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they made two anthology books, sixty four and sixty five of Dark Horse Presents, and then they had their own standalone comics, just one and two. Okay. That's as far as it got. Um, I did, I did enjoy the Bad Company cover of Bad Case of Loving You. Well, yeah, moment. who doesn't? Um, also they kind of just do some behind the scenes stuff. I don't know if anybody caught it. I don't know if anybody just press plot, uh, stop at the end of the credits or at the beginning of the credits, but I saw a name in the ADR oh. voices. It's none other than cherry curry. I, from the okay. I saw that too. I was like, is that yeah. really? Who that is? That that was Cherry Curry. Apparently, she worked um, some. She did some behind the scenes stuff. Um, you might also remember she was in a few movies in the eighties. Uh, Parasite from eighty two. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody knows this or not, but she's in Twilight Zone the movie. Who is she in Twilight Zone? She, she is Sarah in It's a Good Life, the girl with no mouth. Oh. That's Cherry Curry. So yeah, I even Patrick came into the to the room when I, I yelled, "Holy shit!" He probably thought something was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh no, Cherry Curry did ADR and Doctor Giggles. Nothing to be alarmed about." Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought that was at least interesting. Um, but other than that, like, uh, yeah, I I think it's. You're going to hate me, guys. I just don't think it's all that great. I think it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's... I think it could be a little more over the top. I think that was my biggest thing. And maybe the gore is yeah. what makes it over the top. Um, but it feels like it's it's definitely having fun with itself. But with that gore cut out, it, it feels like a pretty pedestrian teen horror film, which it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know it is coming pretty late to the game on slasher movies at the time for really that, I guess it's that second, I was looking at it as that second wave of slashers. Right. Um, but it's in 92 and that's like really when, yeah. I don't know, like movies started kind of cutting down MP, you know, MPAA was kind of like sick of everyone. Oh shit. yeah. They were brutal. Um, well, and here's the other thing is like, I think in 90, 92 to 93 is when you started. So Freddie, Freddie's dead, right? Which was supposed to be the last Nightmare on Elm Street movie yeah. was in 91. I think, 90, September I thought. Nope, 1991. I remember because of the poster. Sorry. You know, born 1984. Dad. Dies. Um, so I think there was this pseudo race to try to make another Freddy Krueger and take the mantle. 
And uh, I, I feel that this is just one of those movies that there, it, it's more of like, hey, we want to try to capitalize on this void that's now gone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it, it, it's not on that caliber. I mean, as wonderful as his one-liners are, <laughs> it's just, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have the same potency as like Freddy Krueger, even in Freddy's Dead, which is, you know, I still defend that movie. That Yes, it is more of a comedy than a horror film, and I'll, I'll say that, you know, forever, but um, yeah, I, I think it's, um, I think it's an okay movie that feels more of like a catalyst to have a haunt at Six Flags or Universal Studios Hollywood. Fuck yeah. Give me at least the scare zone at Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wild if that actually happened like either this year or next year? <laughs> well, don't think it's happening this, <laughs> this year. This year, I don't know, but yeah. everything's up in the air this year. Um, oh, man. Well, let's uh, <laughs> start our pitches for Universal Studios about licensing all the ones about <laughs> medical work, about essential workers. Yeah. Um, so Jeremy, why, 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 why do you love this movie so much? I, I guess it's just, I mean, I think Roger said it's the nostalgia armor, but really like it's the idea of, you know, I was yeah born in the eighties, but I grew up when I was watching TV it was the nineties when I was like really aware of it. The like, guy was aware of this movie coming out when I was, eight and a half okay um but there's just something about the aesthetic of like 90s horror that is comfort food in a way whether it's good or bad it's you know just like i think part of i enjoy the puns i enjoy the gore i'm very forgiving on slasher movies um and part of it is nostalgia like seeing stuff on usa you know, Universal was running a lot of those movies all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's just comfort food. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Roger, how about you? Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a guilty pleasure movie. No such thing as guilty pleasures, only pleasure. Yeah, I own it. Yeah, it, I love it. Um. I guess, I mean, it was something that, you know, I rented frequently as a kid. Um, I was a big fan of the Roseanne TV show, so Glenn Quinn being in this one kind of helped, you know, R.I.P. Um, I think Larry Drake just makes this movie. Absolutely. Like, you could, um, it could easily have just completely derailed with all the puns and everything, but, like, his delivery was so spot on that it just, to me, just makes it, you know, completely worthwhile. Um, you mentioned the uh, the Freddy Krueger, you know, filling the Freddy Krueger void. I kind of see that now that you you say that with because like, you know, late phase Freddy Krueger was yeah. more of a comic than he was, you know, part one. Right. But I mean, I don't know. It's it's just to me, it's just a fun ride. It's not. It's lighthearted enough to be, you know, not taking itself you know too seriously, but it's you know serious enough to be you know, also enjoyable in that aspect. So if that makes any sense, I don't know. Honestly, I think it's it's got a pretty good Tales from the Crypt vibe too. Yeah. 
And it's kind of almost, it's almost surprising that you don't see any of the executive producers from Tales from the Crypt. Yes. Uh, to me, it, it, it just rides that fine line because, I mean, like I said, it could have easily just went south, but it's just, it's a, it's a, it's, to me, it's a perfect balance. So. Yeah, I was, I was kind of reading, um, I don't want to go too far behind the scenes on here, but um, Ooh, I, I was go all the way. I was just reading about Largo Entertainment because obviously they're not like really. Uh, I don't think they really produce anything. Looks like their last movie they produced was back in two thousand. But I remember seeing that name on you know Point Break, right? Yeah, and Doctor Giggles, and Malcolm X was a big one. Um, Judgment Night because I love Judgment Night. Um, uh, and then I think vampires. I'm pretty sure they had something. John Carpenter one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they had oh, something man. to do with them. Um, but yeah, the, the, let me just. It just sounds like nothing but bangers. <laughs> well, they also did GI Jane. Yeah, so they stopped in 2000. But the big thing was it was run. It was run by film producer Lawrence Gordon, which that's why you get Largo. Get it. Um, but Lawrence Gordon, if you're not familiar, I'm sure people who love films have, especially, you know, in the eighties, um, have seen that name, Die Hard, Predator, Die Hard 2, Predator 2, Point mm. Break, you know, Boogie Nights. He was even doing shit with, uh, PT Anderson. Um, but apparently like uh, he <laughs> formed Largo Entertainment, which was also backed by JVC. So the J- Japanese company, I don't know how that all oh, yeah. went down, but yeah, um, that's kind of wild. <laughs> but, you know, Lawrence Gordon w- was definitely a name that I remember uh, because actually he also produced Rolling Thunder as far back as Rolling Thunder and Hard Time. Nice. So, um, and The Driver and yeah, I mean, like 48 Hours. Streets of Fire, I think he was also the Warrior. Oh, really? The Warrior? Damn. Fucking Warriors. Anyway, so he was a hotshot producer for a long time. And I think the last thing he produced was Hellboy, but I I have a feeling like the new Hellboy. Like the new one? He was also, he was also. There was 16 other people on that or something. Right. He was also a producer on the 2004 Hellboy as well (laughs) and Uh. Hellboy 2. So. It could be one of those weird producing credits where he's like, "Yeah, here's the character. You pay me some money and give me a credit." Um, oh, like gave you Aaron. But yeah, I mean, he also did like you know, Largo Entertainment was also behind Time Cop. Just saying. Fuck yes, <laughs> another Stone Cold classic. I love that movie. <laughs> Time Cop is pretty. Fun. That's like peak Van Damme. Yeah, right yeah, I agree. Um. But yeah, anyway, that's that's Andy's behind the scenes diatribe on that. Where did he do sudden death as well? I don't think he did. Um, maybe Largo Entertainment possibly did, but he didn't produce anything of that. Okay. But yeah, I also remember. I mean, sudden death and uh, Time Cop were Universal movies. Yeah. So I obviously remember that. I mean, they picked up Van Damme pretty quickly and made like I think didn't they make like a three or four picture deal with him? I think Street Fighter was universal. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. think they just Universal picked them up and was like, "Hey, you're going to be the hot action star, so we want a piece of that." Fuck but, yeah. Anyway, did you guys know? Just <laughs> man, 
I had Tribe City, okay? But Sudden Death has an audiobook. It's Nephilim. <gasps> guess who it's re- uh, uh, read by? Van Damme. Nope. Powers Booth. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I, I got to see. Shut it. the fuck no, up. I'm dead serious. I'm going to see if I can find <laughs> oh, me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. There's that. Um, I cannot find it on eBay. It is not available. So <laughs> I assume this is a very hard thing to find. But uh, maybe maybe Audible has it, which would go. be a great way to seg into our sponsor, but we don't have them as a sponsor. Go! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Use promo code destroy the brain. <laughs> Watch, now I'm going to have to set that up real quick. <laughs> For nothing. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I mean, it, it's okay, right? It's, uh, I think Dr. Giggles is just. So good. You don't know what to do. Well, it's it's odd because it's, it's not a movie that, like, it, that should have been in my prime time. But honestly, I think it, it was a little before, like I was obviously reading Fangoria around that time, 92, 93, because I remember having some of those covers and I remember yeah. Dr. Dr. Goggles being covered. But I usually find my stride into like just some horror mediocrity around 93, 94. So I, this was barely in the entry of... of uh, what was that? What was that? <laughs> but anyway, okay. So, uh, Roger, what what about this movie? Like, made you say, "I'm going to import this from Germany," even though Diabolic DVD um, makes it so easy. They did the hard part by importing it for us. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. I was just happy to be in the right place at the right time, honestly, because that that was something that. You know, being a fan of it since I was a little kid, you know, it's like, man, I would love to have that, but, you know, never there, always, you know, uh, slipping through the fingers or whatnot. So I just kind of jumped on it. The DVD wasn't all that great anyways. But. Right. Plus, lenticular slipcover, man. <laughs> well, you know, this was put out on Blu-ray by Warner Brothers on a double feature with Otis. Yeah, and I guess yeah. so. I guess Warner has acquired some of the Largo Entertainment. Yes, because I mean, because uh, Judgment Night was put out uh, through Warner Archive. Um, man, you know, I, I am not finding any fucking visual evidence of this goddamn audiobook, and that's going to drive me insane. You know who? Um, <laughs> I found the novelization almost, cover, but I almost got Doctor Giggles on Blu-ray when Fye was closing, but. Oh, yeah. Do you know who I ran into at Josh. FYE who had it in their cart? Yeah. Josh and Yana. I was like, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> oh, apparently. Oh, wow. Hey, Sudden Death, which is not the movie we're covering, apparently is going to get remade. Uh, <laughs> Michael, uh, J. White. Michael J. White is going to be in it. Is he going to be like the Van Damme character? I think so. 
It says uh, the remake's to be titled Welcome to Sudden Death. Um, you know, it's also saying it's, it's supposed to head the Netflix for a June 2020 release. I don't see that happening. <laughs> I mean, if if it's him in the lead, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, you'll give it a whirl. I know you will. I'll give it a slap shot. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So. I mean, hopefully it's better than that kickboxer oh, reboot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I still haven't watched it. Or remake it. or whatever that's supposed to be. There's a little bit of, there's both on there, I think. There's like a reboot and a remake. Yeah, I'm not seeing any uh, much information on this. It says it's a sequel, but then one thing says it's a remake. It is in post-production as of February 2020, so I don't know. There you go. Back next month for, you know, the movie we're not covering. Hell yeah, (laughs) we'll cover it. (laughs) We got nothing but time. We got nothing but time. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about with Dr. Goebbels? I feel like this is a short episode. Nah. No? Nothing? Yeah. Nothing you I mean, want to scream it, from the It is mountains. what it is, I guess. It is. Yeah, like, that is exactly what I think this movie is all about. It is what it is. It's, it's exactly what you think it is. So what I will say, like closing thought, right, right. is that Larry Drake does help alleviate this film above like pure fucking Drek, if you want me to be honest. Or as you said, he's all right. He's all right. No, I mean, he, he is all right. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing he's good. The material mm-hmm. written for him, not so much. Maybe but that's the better way. He's to say. game for it. So what does yeah. it. If you can elevate the material, he and like, he does elevate the very little material he is given. Uh, yeah, the movie to me, the movie just feels like, hey, how about we create a movie about an urban legend where a kid, uh, a kid from a doctor father saw his mom pass away and is wanting to steal hearts. There you go. Well, he but he's stealing hearts to help. I know. I know. Okay. I know. Like, but there's, there's a reason why he's doing that. Right. So don't be a dick. No, he, he, he doesn't fall in love, <laughs> but he takes an infatuation with the main character and says, I can fix her. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind it's of a very altruistic element. It is a very <laughs> interesting element. I will say that, like, especially in the, a slasher film, that it is kind of. Uh, so he's just trying to find the right part for her. Yeah, yeah. He's just trying to help. It's an interesting yeah. angle for a slasher film. I will say that. But uh, for the most part, yeah, this this thing just feels like it, it was a quick thought and they wrote up a script and Universal said, yeah, we'll greenlight it. Fuck it. We need a Halloween horror movie. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of turning it into Freddy Krueger, there is a nursery rhyme in the movie. And and you're Whatever. gonna perform this for us, right? Yes, I am. Thank God. <clears throat> you're you're welcome. Our town has a doctor, and his name is Rendell. Stay away from his house, cause he's a doctor from hell. He chopped off his patients, every last one, and cut out their hearts purely for fun. So if you're from Morheim, you should get sick, 
then fall on your knees and pray you die quick. Very nice. Thank you, Jeremy. You're welcome. Uh, just an FYI, this went up against Unforgiven, the Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> when it was released Ooh. October 23rd, oh. 1992. So I don't know if it was number one that in the box office. That is some stiff competition. <laughs> I'm not sure. Wow. I'm, not sure. I'm sure it was like a dead heat, right? Sure. <laughs> Actually, no. Solid second uh, point I think, uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's take a look. <laughs> yeah, I, I go I go to October twenty third, nineteen ninety two, and it shows Unforgiven. So I'm yeah. gonna go to October thirtieth, Unforgiven. Maybe they didn't report the numbers for good old Doctor Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, so yeah, I don't know where this ended up on the box office. It doesn't matter. It was number one in Jeremy and Roger's hearts. Uh, okay. Word. Yeah. Roger, where can people find you <laughs> online? Uh, Instagram and Letterboxd uh, at Roger Van Gool. Jeremy? I'm on Instagram at quarantine at Camp Blood. And I am Treefy, T-R-I-E-F-Y, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd and PSN. You can find us all as a collective, even the ones that aren't here, at Destroy the Brain on Instagram and Twitter. Um Recent development, it was number nine in the box office. <laughs> top ten, baby. Yeah, crack the top ten, top baby. Ten. That's all you need. It went up a number to number eight on Halloween weekend. Of course it did. People want to see it on Halloween. Yeah, Halloween was a Saturday night in 92. So anyway. Um, Saturday night this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Do we... Uh, <laughs> Do we do an anniversary party of Dr. Giggles? No. <laughs> Maybe in two years for its 20th anniversary. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. 30th? 30? 20th. Whoa. 20th. 2022. 30th. Oof. 30th. Oh, God. I'm getting old. We do math well. My back hurts. <laughs> My back hurts. My back hurts. God, dude, this movie's almost 30 years old. Oh boy. Anyway, all right. Um, our next episode, who knows when it will show up? Who knows what it's about? But uh, our killer track is definitely the bad company version of Bad Case for Loving You. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for joining us. I uh, hope to talk to you soon and hope you all staying safe and wash your fucking hands. Adios. Or the doctor will get you. Or the doctor will get you. You don't want a visit from the doctor. <laughs> The doctor is out of his mind. <laughs> I was like, the doctor is in. I think that tagline was taken by something else. Anyway, thank you all. Hot summer.